If you want to get on the action, we want to hear from you. Hit us up at Fade Route Podcast on IG, Fade Route Mail at gmail.com, or slide in our DMs at Twitter at Fade Route DNZ. Questions, comments, picks, segment suggestions, you name it. We want to hear from you. Get at us in crowd. Your favorite podcast has its own merch line now. Go to teespring.com, type The Fade Store into the search bar, and have access to our sweatshirts, t-shirts, long-sleeve shirts, tank tops, and much more on the way. That's teespring.com. Type in The Fade Store at the search bar and show your boys some love. Rep the Fade Route brand only at the Fade Store, only on teespring.com. Welcome to the Fade Route with D and Z. Here are your hosts, D and Z. Welcome to this each episode of the Fade Route with D and Z. I am D. We got a great show for you tonight. We're gonna to talk about Sherry Richardson getting suspended. Judge calls a players-only meeting, and Strong Island Mike joins us for a few minutes to talk about the NCAA. But we begin today's show talking about Major League Baseball. All-star rosters are set. We got some players we like. Some players we don't like. Some players we think that got snubbed. What's up, Z? How's it going? Just living the dream, brother. Living the dream. Hanging out with you at your colossal palatial estate. Chilling chilling poolside. Just doing the thing. Uh, as far as people that I like on this team, you got a lot to be... Yeah, a lot to be proud of. You got a lot to like if you're looking at these rosters. Got a lot of Astros. You got a lot of Blue Jays. Whether you like it or not, you got a lot of Yankees. But one thing I definitely noticed is that there is a dearth of catchers. (laughs) Salvi Perez and Buster Posey were named all-star starters and good for them. They definitely deserve it. They've had fantastic years, but the drop-off afterwards is it it is amazing. It's astounding. To the fact where you have Mike Zunino, Mike Zunino, Mr. 175 and 17 home runs. He is your backup catcher on the all-star team. Like I, it's confounding. At least one, one of two catchers, right? Only two. Yes, I think only. I think both sides only posted two. But the difference between the American League and the National League all, uh, roster construction, Max Muncie, I believe, has caught in the past, and if need be, Kyle Schwarber can also. But I don't think Kyle Schwarber is going to make it to the game. They all have experience catching. So realistically, Posey. 
and JT Realmuto, who was the backup, who was the alternate, they're not going to necessarily have to carry the load. But Salvi Perez and Mr. 175, they're the ones who are going to definitely carry it all the way. Um, another thing, another confounding one, Joey Gallo. Just why? Why, why is Joey Gallo on this roster? I understand why he's in the home run derby. I get that. I mean, I appreciate that he's round. He's the last entrant. He's going to round out that field, but he doesn't do anything remarkably well to the point where I would say, yes, Joey Gallo, that guy is an all-star. And I mean, if you look at the other guy, the other players that have been selected, you can't argue with many of them. All of them are having good enough seasons that they deserve to be there. But then you just see those two guys and they just stand out like a sore thumb. But uh, do you have any anybody like that for you? Is anybody just like, what is he doing there? Uh, a few. I mean, I love Otani. Uh, love the idea of him playing in the Home Run Derby, pitching the All-Star Game, and hitting in the All-Star Game. I hate the idea that Mike Trout was voted into the All-Star game. He only played 36 out of a possible 84 games. What is that? Considering he's a positional player, that is awful. Mike Trout can be your favorite player, but he's not an All-Star this year. But like you, other surprises, Mike Zanino, 197 batting average, 18 home runs, 36 RBI. Come on, Gary Sanchez and Christian Vasquez are in that category. And, and I, you know, and you know, it pains us to say anything nice about Gary Sanchez, but yeah. I mean, he's Mike Zunino. Come on, man. Another one was Araldis Chapman. There's got to be another American <laughs> League reliever that is more deserving. I was happy with Craig Kimball. I mean, that's a big turnaround. I mean, he was pretty much left for dead last year. So for him to be able to get into the All-Star game this year, but man, where's Scherzer? I mean, that's just, I don't know. It's just very odd. It is. I mean, we have a few that we can point to and say, you couldn't make room for this guy. I mean, number one, Jordan Alvarez of the Astros. 308, 1656, a 938 OPS. Like, where is he on this team? Why is he not there? But Joey Gallo is? Like, uh, Tywan Walker, 7 and 3, 244 ERA. Matt Scherzer, you already mentioned. Ian Kennedy. Like, yeah, he's had four, a good season. 14 saves, 286 ERA. I mean, come on. Even Tyler Glass now. Granted, he can't play because he's injured, but. You're telling me he can't go to Denver and tip his cap? Look at that. 5-2, 2-6-6 ERA, 88 innings pitched. So, arguably having as good of a season as Taiwan Walker and as good of a season as Max Scherzer, but all three of them are going to be on the outside looking in. I find that very, very strange. But How about, how about Ian Kennedy recreating himself into a, a closer? Jabba Chamberlain, Phil Hughes, those guys are all gone now, and he's still around. That's very impressive for him. Good for him. It is, absolutely. And he definitely took it to heart that he needed to do something different in order to uh, elongate his career. And granted, Chamberlain got bit by the injury bug, and uh, just he struggled with effectiveness after coming back from that ankle injury on the trampoline. 
And then Phil Hughes just, yeah, he never really, he never really took off after that one great postseason in 2009 when he was coming out of the bullpen setting up for Mariano Rivera. But kudos to Ian Kennedy, but um, it, it is, it, you know, it is very reliever heavy. You're looking at Liam Hendricks and Gregory Soto and Matt Barnes and, you know, Chapman. Chapman and Ryan Presley. There, there are lots of, I mean, yeah, I, I could see where there was no room at the end for Ian yeah. Kennedy, especially with Kyle Gibson also making it from the Astros, or from the uh, Rangers, excuse me, three Texas Rangers with Adolis Garcia and Gallo. So I, I find it very interesting the proportions that were that were included. So you have one A, one Oriole, one Royal, one Twin, one Met. Jacob Degrom is the lone Met representative. So most of these guys are deserving, but I I, I really don't like the every team needs to be represented rule. It feels very little league to me. But if you happen to have a representative that is deserving, I'm fine with that. But more often than not, it's just a reason to get that get a player on the field, and maybe he just sits in the bullpen and gets a free ride to wherever the All Star game is. Yeah, I mean, one player that was a no doubter was was Otani. Madden and Cash got on the phone this week, and they're both with they're both cool with Otani playing two ways even he even though he's participating in the home run derby the day before is this good for baseball is this good for otani in the short term it's very good for otani it's a showcase that you can't you can't turn down you have to i mean you you're being given a very rare opportunity no one since 1933 has ever been given this opportunity. So you have to take advantage of it. Now, long-term, whether or not this affects his performance, it, who knows? It hasn't happened yet, especially the home run derby. You swing too heavily. You swing, you know, you swing for an uppercut. You change your launch angle. Now, all of a sudden, you go into a prolonged slump, and it tanks your season. So... In the long run, it could be very bad for baseball if he falls into a funk afterwards. But in the short term, it is absolutely great for both parties. Yeah, I think it's great for baseball, but I do think it's taxing on Otani. I know he's only 27, but he has the derby the night before. He needs to warm up to pitch. Then he needs to get in there and hit seems like a lot i mean they could start him on the mound this would allow him to pitch ndh uh however if they start him some other pitcher will be tough to get him in the game later on yeah well i think the the general consensus is that he's gonna start but uh i I i think so but um yeah it seems gimmicky, but as long as Joe Madden is fine with it, as long as Kevin Cash is fine with it, and most importantly, the player is fine with it, so you're not going to ask him to do something he doesn't feel comfortable, doesn't want to do, 
as long as all parties are agreed, just, uh, you know, let's enjoy the show. Yeah, but, you know, sometimes pitch players don't always know what's best for them. You know, players are also the kinds of it's people true. that want to go back in even though they're hurt. And, again, he wants to go out there and showcase his talent. And Madden's a big-time historian, so he knows what's on the line here. I just – I would hate for him to do all this and, and either get hurt or – fall into a slump after the all-star game because he participated in the derby so yeah it's just things like that that causes me a little hesitation like i don't want him to be exploited i want it i want to enjoy him for years to come well that is fair but we've seen shohei otani also blow up on the mound so what would be worse he starts and then gets completely shelled in the all-star game like two-thirds of an inning seven runs like happened against the yankees but what would that wouldn't that be more embarrassing? Uh, yeah, that would be absolutely. Um, but I don't know how likely that is to happen. Like, I think he's a personally. I think he's a better hitter than he's a pitcher. Okay, mm. I think if, I think if he's going up against all star talent, he's gonna get exploited. So him giving up seven runs or giving up some bombs if he starts or if he comes into relief would not be a surprise for me. You know, in the long term, we all know that pitching is not forever for him. No, not even close. Absolutely. His his money is going to be made in the batter's box. His records are going to be set in the batter's box. But you get what you can out of this moment and just take it from there. My thing is this, is that is he necessarily taking up a roster spot of somebody who's who deserves to be there? Like, how is this working with the roster construction? Right, Do they add an additional guy to the American League roster to compensate for that? Like, what's the uh, the machinations of that? Yeah, that's a good question. I'm not sure because he was voted in as a pitcher and as a hitter. Um, he's definitely. I mean, he's definitely got to get out there and play. Uh, I like I said. I just I don't want him to take on more. He can handle. I mean, you just don't want to see him break down, and you don't want to see him get exploited. Uh, but you know, we'll have to see how it plays out. But like I said, I mean, I didn't know he was definitely going to start. I know there was rumors. I was interested to see if they started another pitcher, and then he played on the field or he played as DH. How they were going to get him enough warm up time to then you know get on the mound. Yeah, I, the machinations of that, I don't know how that would work. I mean, I guess they would, if it wasn't near his turn at bat, maybe he would be in like the underground bullpen warming up. But um, okay. yeah, yeah. That, that's possible. But I, I don't know. I mean, I've only been to Coors Field once. I, I'm a bad former Denver resident. But um, you know, maybe they have an underground facility that he can use to get loose. But uh it's probably going to be the most logical way to go about it, but um, I'm pretty sure he's going to start. I mean, the story is good enough that I would do it anyway. You know, I mean, granted, you may have somebody who's slightly more deserving, but the story is with Otani. Are you in need of air care, maintenance, or service? I have the company for you. Air care technicians. They service the Westchester and Northern Bronx area and can help you with all your heating and cooling maintenance and service needs. Just give them a call at 
914-315-1547. Again, that's 914-315-1547. Or shoot them an email at aircaretechnicians at gmail.com. These guys are the real deal as they are veteran-owned, licensed, and insured. Make sure to tell them that DNZ sent you. One story gaining some traction is the collapse or the ineptitude of the New York Yankees. Aaron Judge called the players-only meeting before the Subway Series this past weekend, and I think the Mets might have sat in on that meeting because they took the series. Um, (laughs) Will the players-only meeting have a delayed effect on the Yankees as they play Seattle for three games and then head over to Houston for three games? Well, it remains to be seen. You definitely... The players-only meeting doesn't work all the time, especially in a heavily veteran-laden kind of clubhouse where it's like, like, dude, we've been here for how many years now? Like, We know what we have to do. If we could do it, we'd be doing it, but we're not. In truth, the Yankees are just not that good. And it doesn't matter if Aaron Judge flipped over a table, put Aaron Boone through a table, did whatever. But it's not going to change the fact that this team is fundamentally flawed. So it's too right-handed. Despite what Brian Cashman said a few years ago, that the analytics support having a more right-handed lineup to play against the shift because you would normally have a left-handed lane lineup in Yankee Stadium, that just does not play. Um, Pitching-wise, they're middle of the pack in almost everything. With the investment you made in Garrett Cole, and we're going to get back to him later, you can't be middle of the pack as, as a rotation, as a staff. They're thoroughly mediocre in most offensive categories, too. The only thing that they're decent at is getting on base. And, you know, that that's fine. That's great. But it's not just getting on base. You need to score runs. You need uh, to get from... Yeah, right? At least that's what we were taught by Coach Cotter. Mr. Cotter told us that. you got to score outscore your opponent. So they're just not doing that right now. And the outfield is a mess. The infield, Glaber Torres is not a shortstop. Gary Sanchez is not a catcher. There's so many things that they need to fix. And the players are... Are are we are going to get to him later? By all means, we are going to get to him. But the players only meeting in a veteran clubhouse just doesn't work. Uh, I just, I mean, I'd like to see what Aaron Boone said when he tried to go into the, the locker room. They're having a players-only meeting. Who called for this meeting? Like, <laughs> uh, I mean, what a disappointing team. I mean, we called this earlier in the season. I mean, we said that they weren't going to be very good. Uh, six games before the All-Star break. Like I said, three games against the Mariners coming up. Three games against the Astros. We're going to find out where the Yankees... Uh, Finally, stand after these two series, and 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 is Aaron is he is he, is is Judge a captain? Like, why is he calling meetings? And 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 the people that needed to be in the meeting weren't there, right? I mean, <laughs> Cashman needed to be in the meeting, right? Uh, yeah. 
And when Wood was said during the meter, okay, Gliber, you need to start playing second. Uh, Garrett, please go back to the spider attack. Uh, Giancarlo, Stan, we really don't need you. So is there a team you want to play for? We'll see if we can get you traded. Um, seriously, like what kind of what kind of conversations that being had? If, if anybody needs to be spoken to from a player standpoint, it's Aaron Hicks and Luke Voigt, and they weren't there. <laughs> it, it is ridiculous, and it really does speak to the fact that this team has no personality, never mind identity. When, if you go back to the Joe Torre Yankees, you had the core four, right? Say what you will about Derek Jeter, I, I know you're not a fan. But they had the gravitas, him, Posada, Pettit, Bernie Williams. They had the gravitas that when you talk, when they talk, you listen. I don't see Aaron Judge as that kind of guy. You know, yes, he's big, he's tall, he's imposing. Like I wouldn't want to get, I wouldn't want to be in a room with him when he's angry. But at the same time, it's like he. What's he gonna say? It's gonna be a rah rah kind of thing. It's gonna be just you know, let's go, boys, come on, let's do. We can do this. And the, that rah rah. Sometimes you need to go the whip. Like rah rah doesn't work all the time. I mean, I think it's clear here that. Cashman's days in the Bronx are numbered. Um, yeah, they have to be. Oh, for sure. They, you know, they they should have traded Lou Voigt last year, or two years ago. His stock was super high. DJ needs to be playing first base. Gliber should be playing second. They shouldn't let up D. They shouldn't have let DD go. Or if at least if they were going to let him go, they should have had a better replacement. Uh, the Yankees are the only team in the world that Brett in the world. Let me be clear. The Yankees are the only team in the world that Brett Gardner can play for. Okay? Hands down. Uh, Gary Sanchez can't catch. Gio Urshela is a waste of life. Uh, the Aaron Hicks contract is a disaster. It's got to be one of the worst signings of all time. Oof. Garrett Cole's contract needs to be picked up by Spider Tech. Uh, how, about, how about Garrett Cole having a... 1.37 ERA before the crackdown and a 4.47 ERA since the crackdown. Before the crackdown, the Yankees had one of the best ERAs in baseball and I believe now they're fifth worse. Yikes. That is pretty bad and it's not just Cole. Like, we'll talk about Cole because he is making three and a quarter, $325 million. So we are going to talk about him. Crushing it. Oh, absolutely. Earning every single penny is this guy. Carl Pavano's blushing right now. But, <laughs> but it's also a role this Chapman, too. We've noticed that. I mean, I've never been a fan. I find that. I, that fake machismo crap that he pulls, it just it pisses me off. And he's just not as good as he thinks he is. But since the crackdown, you're really looking at his slider. And it is like a cement mixer. It's just rolling up there with a big freaking sign on that says, Tattoo me. And people aren't missing Hitters are not missing. Yeah, no one needs to hit the trash can for that one. No. No. He might as well underhand it. It's like looping. It's that bad. As far as Cole goes, he's really regressing back to Pittsburgh Cole, 
which is not good. You did not pay for Pittsburgh coal. You paid for Houston coal. So if you're the Yankees, I don't, this is not the guy you paid for. Was it earned under fraudulent pretenses? I would, I would get with the legal department and see what we can do about that. If, if this was done, if this wasn't necessarily made in good faith, there's got to be something they can recoup. They're not going to void the entire contract like I heard on WFAN because at the end of the day, you void his contract, he's going to get snapped up in 30 seconds. Let's be real here. He's still a serviceable pitcher without the spider tag. He was ungodly with the spider tag. So, I don't know. I, I just think that... that they can look into it, but it's not going to be a good look anyway, because then you're going to piss off Garrett Cole. And you just spent all this money to have the guy come here. And why would you want to create that acrimonious relationship? Yeah, I don't foresee them being able to avoid the contract. But I think what his contract does is it makes the Yankees sellers after the All-Star break, right? It's like, yeah. we're going we're gonna to rip this thing down. And we're going to keep Judge, and we're going to keep Garrett Cole, and we're going to build around them. I mean, that's what I think his contract pretty much does to the Yankees. So, you know, you're, you'll have buyers for Torres. Stanton, we talked about this in the production meeting, but they're going to have to eat a lot of that contract. And then Sanchez, somebody will take him. American League team teach him how to play first base and maybe DH occasionally. He has Jose Abreu potential, I think. But, uh, yeah, the Yankees are going nowhere fast. Absolutely. And just to piggyback off of that, some potential landing spots for Stanton. Of course, it's the Dodgers. Uh, he's a Southern California guy. He's definitely... I mean, that, that was his preferred landing spot from when the Marlins wanted to trade him. Um, as far as Gary Sanchez goes, you mentioned Jose Abreu. They need a catcher because Yasmani Grandal is going to be out for a while. Granted, he's not the best option, but Gary Sanchez to the White Sox makes a lot of sense now. Um, Glaber Torres, like, a change of scenery will do him good. A move back to shortstop will do him good. I know you mentioned in the production meeting about Glaber Torres in a package to Colorado for Trevor Story. I don't really like that move specifically for the simple fact that Trevor Story. Trevor Story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, no Trevor actually, he, he does. He wants to. He does want to be a Yankee. He. I think he always looked up to Derek Jeter, so that would be a dream for him. I, I mean, if he really wants to follow Tulo's footsteps, yeah, then by all means, he'll end up as a Yankee, and then he'll probably end his career as a Yankee because he'll end up with a crippling injury just like Tulo. But. Um, yeah, I don't really see the, the fit there. I, I really don't think that's a great idea. Um, yeah, there's just so many options that you can go to, but the value is so low right now. Because who's really performing besides Stanton? You're really not going to get full value. And even then, with Giancarlo Stanton, you have to eat how much of that contract to make it palatable or take such low-level prospects like 16 and 17-year-olds that, you know, like, oh, this kid just was a star Cardinal Spellman High School. Like, okay, like, but he can't legally shave yet. Like, okay, perfect. But it's just the Yankees never were bad enough to reap the benefits of the draft. 
And I think that's what they're paying for right now. They had the chance to bottom out and they didn't do it. They went for the quick fix trading Chapman for Chef for uh, for Torres, trading Andrew Miller for Justice Sheffield, flipping Justice Sheffield for James Paxton, uh, keeping Clint Frazier. They just they needed to suck for a couple of years. Not as bad as like the early '90s Yankees, but bad enough that you can get some quality talent. Well, you know that's one team that is on their way down, but two teams that are competing for the championship in basketball right now with the Bucks and the Suns. The Suns are up one game on the Bucks. What are your thoughts of this series so far, and what direction is it going in? Well, so far it's trending towards the Phoenix Suns. They were able to exploit a favorable matchup defensively, utilizing their pick and roll, and really driving in and taking advantage of those negative matchups. If I am Coach Bud, I'm actually okay right now. I'm not lighting my hair on fire because... This was a stress test. I see game one as a stress test. And Giannis Antetokounmpo passed, right? He had 35 minutes. You know, he, he had an alley-oop in like the first 10 minutes, I believe. Like, uh, good for you. 20 points, 17 rebounds. He passed the test. The other guys really need to step up around him. Like Middleton came up with 29. Uh, Brooke Lopez had a decent game, 17 points. Drew Holiday, you need more from him. If it's going to be a battle of point guards, you definitely need more from Drew Holiday. But if I'm Coach Bud, I at least know that Giannis is going to be in it for the long haul. If I'm on the other side, if I'm on the Phoenix Suns, I am very pleased with what I was able to do. The moment wasn't too big for my kids. So that's good. Devin Booker chipped in with 27. Aiden had 22. Chris Paul, the walking wounded with his hand injury and his shoulder injury and, you know, coming out of the COVID protocols for him to still be at that high level. Both sides need to be in a good headspace right now. And as far as predictions and projections for the series, I'm going to go, well, I went lightning in six. I'm going to go Suns in six. Just not really a fan of either team. <laughs> I think the Bucks showed a lot of testicular fortitude against the Hawks. Bucks were without Giannis, and they beat a Hawks team with an injured Trey Young. Stephen A's comments about Devin Booker being the next Kobe Bryant has made me root against the Suns harder than I've rooted against any team in my lifetime. But wait a minute. I mean, that's don't you feel it's a little unfair? That's Stephen A. Smith being an idiot. That has nothing to. It just makes me dislike them. It just makes me want them to to fail. Uh, (laughs) Understood. uh, Again, the Suns beat the Lakers without Anthony Davis. They beat the Nuggets without Jamal Murray. They beat the Clippers without Kawhi Leonard. (sighs) The Bucks are playing with a hurt Giannis right now. Uh, all of a sudden, everyone's coming out rooting for Chris Paul to get a championship after 16 years. Everyone called Pat Beverly a dirty player for pushing CP3 after the final game against the Clippers. 
guess a lot of people forgot that Chris Paul is a dirty plate. He, <laughs> he has his share of groin shots, and he's and he's he's definitely taken shots at players throughout his career. A lot of people are asking me who I'm rooting for. I tell them I'm rooting for the season to be over. <laughs> I, 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 I could, I, but I will say this. I would like to see the Suns win Williams, who lost his family in a car accident a few years ago. Mm. But if Chris has, if Chris Paul has to win a championship before he retires, I hope it's this one. So he can remember that, so that all people can remember how he got there, the teams he beat, and what they were without so that he could win a championship. Absolutely. And Chris Paul is not perfect. He absolutely is not. Like you said, uh, lots of nut shots and lots of, uh, you know, lots of acrimony with other teammates. Yeah. Alienating yeah, teammates like, like Blake Griffin, uh, um, DeAndre Jordan. Yeah. Austin Rivers, Doc Rivers. Everybody forget about that feud. Matt Barnes. Jesus. It goes on and on. Yeah. I he he was definitely the key cog in the destruction of Lob City. But it's definitely I mean, he was definitely had his part to play. But at the same time, it, it is good to see a player of his caliber finally achieve his full potential. Man. I definitely eh, you know. Man. Yeah. It's fine. What I like personally is that he took Aiton and Booker and he brought them up, right? Because what were they last year? 10th seed to now they're up one zip in the NBA finals. Like that is a huge, huge jump up. And we've said it plenty of times that without Chris Paul, this team is nowhere near the finals. They may be watching the finals on TV, but they're not anywhere near the series, let alone have a lead in the series. So definitely give Chris Paul a little bit of credit. Yeah, he's a, he's a jerk. He is a jerk. I will concede that. But, you know, you, you got to respect the game. You got to respect the talent. Meh. Speaking of respecting some talent, uh, Shikari Richardson, as we all know, it's been all over the news lately, transcending sports into politics and everywhere in between. Uh, U.S. Track and Field has suspended her for a positive marijuana test. She will miss the Olympics after a 30-day suspension, even though the suspension will be up prior to the Tokyo Olympics. U.S. Track and Field has left her off of the sprint roster as well as the relay roster. So she'll be watching, possibly smoking a bowl, and with waiting her turn. With Josh Gordon, you know, <laughs> waiting for next year, uh, or four years in this case. Uh, is that a big deal, little deal, or no deal to you at all? I mean, we talked about this in the production reading. I just, I don't get where all these people are coming out supporting her and defending her. It's like, guys, this is an Olympics rule. This is an American rule. There are other countries that are involved in this where marijuana is legal, but the athletes still can't take part in it. So if you want to smoke a bowl, then don't 
run of the Olympics. I, I just, I don't get what everybody's harping on. They don't understand why they're defending her. You broke the rules. You don't get to run. That's it. End of story. I think, I think the main crux of this, and I agree, like, it is what it is. You broke the rule. The rule is in place. She's acknowledged that she broke the rule. That So that's important. That's an important factor. She is not doing the complaint. Shikari Richardson, you're a stand-up person, right? I understand there were mitigating circumstances. She was mourning the death of her mother, and she needed to cope with something, so she decided to, to smoke some weed. What I, I'm not a drug person. I don't understand that, uh, that rationale. That's not for me to judge. The accountability was there. I appreciate the accountability was there. What I don't need is a tweet from Pat, Patrick Mahomes. I don't need a tweet from Odell Beckham. I don't need a tweet from Dwayne Wade. If, if Shikari Richardson is owning up to her mistake, then just let her own up to her mistake. There's an opportunity. For, this isn't the last race she's ever going to run. If she's that good, she will get back. So, I believe she is that good, and she will get back, and she'll use this as a, a natural motivator. But let's not make an issue out of it when the person who is directly involved is, ma- is not making an issue out of it. Later on, once the, the Olympics are over, then we can have this discussion, right? Because the Olympics have their own set of rules and standards. It's like any other job. As a, as a corporation, as a company, you have the right to set standards. And violation of that means that you're subject to termination. You're subject to punishment as seen fit by the company. That's just how life works. You yeah. can change. You can change the rule. You can come into an agreement. Yes, you know, weed is legal. Slowly but surely, weed is legalized in America. It's legal in other places too. You can have that conversation at a later date. Yeah, I I I hundred percent agree with you. Uh, this is on her. Everyone, it, I I can't believe the outpouring of support she's gotten. But you know. Everyone has to sacrifice something to get what they ultimately want. And granted, you know what she she wanted to uh, she wanted to relax after going through some issues in her life. And unfortunately, these are the consequences. Exactly. And again, all right. These are the rules put in place. Have a discussion later on, but don't utilize this particular story. Don't use this particular moment as a political tool. Like I feel like her story is also kind of getting swept up into a different fervor and it's being and it's being portrayed as something other in order in order to achieve a certain end so yeah it's taking precedent off of a much better storyline which is the stanley cup finals <laughs> uh tampa bay 
is leading the Montreal Canadiens 1-0 in this uh, game five that they're having right now. But, you know, did the Canadians win in game four? Is it too little too late? Or do they have a chance to get back in this thing? There's always a possibility that you can get back into it. Uh, they definitely were able to get physical with the Lightning. They were able to weather the storm of the power play, which was great. Shea Weber took that horrible double minor. Yeah. And they were able to overcome that. And Josh Anderson scored a great goal. It was like the inverted Bobby Orr. He landed on his ass instead of his face. So congratulations for that. Um, as far as it being over or not, I just can't seem to get Game 7 against the Islanders out of my mind. They flipped a switch. And they were all over the New York Islanders. And if John Cooper flips that switch tonight, there's no way Montreal, it doesn't matter what Carey Price does, there's no way Montreal can weather that storm. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I would say is Montreal just needs to, they need to take it one game at a time. But right now, the Lightning know they are better. And they're going home with no intentions of going back to Montreal. The Lightning are the better team. They've faced stiffer competition up to this point. And I can't see the Canadians being able to get back into this series or even win this series. No, I don't see it either. I mean, if you put roster to roster, if you look at them simultaneously, it's just like, they're Anything just, I yeah. could do, you could do better. <laughs> that's basically what it is. Exactly. It's just, like, and they don't even have to try that hard to do it. Like that's the thing. Like we we were talking about the production meeting. Nikita Kucherov hasn't gone off yet. If Nikita Kucherov gets off, forget it. Stamkos hasn't really done anything yet. They've been relying on like Yanni Gord and Barkley Goudreau and Victor Hedman. You know, you you have. The guys that are, I mean, Victor Hedman is a, is a superstar defenseman, but he's, you know, they're not the guys you rely upon to score. So the Canadians just need to have everybody on their team from Philip Denol to Paul, Paul Byron to Anderson to Armia. Like, all of these guys just need to get on board and step their game up, and maybe they can pull something out, but. If it's that effortless for the Lightning, but we may be witnessing a budding dynasty. No doubt about it. Uh, it's amazing how they they won last year, and like you said, this year, go, you know, going through the Islanders, that was such a tough and gritty series, and you know, even Florida gave them a, a hard time early on. They, you know, they squeaked it out. They're just, they're just built. They're just built to win right now. They are, and they have speed. They have physicality. They have the goaltender. Where's their weakness? You can point yeah, to. You look. You look at the Montreal Canadiens. You can point to a weakness. Okay, they don't. They don't have. They don't have scored several. But the most glaring one is they don't have enough primary score. And they play in Montreal. 
Well, that too. I mean, they Sorry, definitely. Fans. Like, well, it definitely makes a difference. Like, play. They went from playing in front of nobody. Now they're playing in front of nineteen thousand people tonight. So that definitely, and they're hostile. It's a hostile crowd. So ah, that definitely, <laughs> it, it is 19,000 Florida men. Just remember that. Crazy shit can go down. But, um, like, you know, like we were talking about, I mean, the Lightning are just ready to take this home. They're ready to be champions once again. And it seems like another team in Florida's got championship on their mind, too. You know, Trevor Lawrence finally inked his rookie deal. And DJ Chark says they're going to surprise some people. Any idea what he's talking about there? No. <laughs> In short, no. Uh, maybe he's going to talk about how bad they are. Maybe we'll be surprised they're gonna at how bad they are. They're going to set a new low on how bad a team could be. So what is that line from Moneyball? There's... 30 feet of crap and then there's us right, is that is that what he's going for you know the four horsemen the symbol of excellence no 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 the symbol of mediocrity um they'll be better than people will expect them to be just because they have to be but they're not going to be a scary team they're not going to have i mean look at their weapons trevor lawrence he's a rookie he's unproven i don't care what he did in clemson you're now in the big time so Take everything that got you here does not matter. Travis Etienne, his running buddy. Okay, I would personally go with James Robinson, but he proved that he can carry an offense last year. I like what I've seen from him. As far as your wideouts go, Chenault, Chark, Marvin Jones is a good addition. He'll give you a nice little veteran pick-me-up. Um... Yeah, uh, the tight end position it leaves a lot to be desired. Uh, it's right now the tight end one is Cardinal Spellman's own Chris Manhurst. What's nice? Um, I, I don't know what I, I really don't know what DJ is talking about. <laughs> I mean, every rookie quarterback struggles. I mean, even Peyton Manning struggled, and I I, I don't think Trevor Lawrence would be any different. And let's not forget about the other teams in their division. The Colts and the Titans have been building a strong foundation for a few years now. Colts added Wentz. They already have a formidable defense. They got two. They got two running backs essentially. And then you have the Titans, who just added Julio Jones. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, and Tebow and Shark. You know, they, they don't play defense, so I don't see them really having an impact on the Jaguars being successful this year. Neither do I. I'm going over their schedule, and it is not promising. They have a week seven bye this year, so they play the Texans, the Broncos, the Cardinals, the Bengals, the Titans, and the Dolphins. Going into their bye, two and four, maybe one and five, most likely. Like, that's I don't know where the surprise is. And then they draw the Seahawks coming out of the bye. So I, it is da, 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 at Seattle. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> Happy Halloween. 
one corner of the United States to the other corner of the United States. Yikes. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't see it. it we can be surprised. Like, that would be awesome if we could be. But, like you said, the product, that division is stronger than it was. They're not as experienced as the other teams in that division. And you're relying on a rookie quarterback, a rookie running back, and a rookie head coach. Like, granted, Urban Meyer, again, college. Take what he did in college. Your record in the NFL was 0-0, man. Like, you got to prove it. There's a reason why guys were going after you for so many years. Now you have to show that this is actually why they were going after me as a football mind. can't help but smile when you see a balloon. The simplest occasion is a party. Westchester Pop Stars, located in New Rochelle, New York, offers balloon styling and decor for all life's events. Birthdays, anniversaries, weddings, showers, school and corporate events, store openings, or just because. Westchester Pop Stars takes balloons and shapes them into works of art, creating decorative installations for your special occasions. No event is too big or too small, and their custom personalization service is top-notch. Westchester Pop Stars is a private studio, quickly expanding. In-person consultation is by appointment only. Send an email to westchesterpopstars at gmail.com for more information or to schedule an appointment. No need to hire an event stylist. All you need is balloons. Currently servicing Westchester, Putnam, New York City, and Connecticut. To find Westchester Pop Stars, search for them on Instagram, Facebook, or Google. It's the In Route, where friends of the show get a special segment with us. Want to get in on the action? Want to be part of the In Crowd? Hit us up, faderoutemail at gmail.com or slide in our DMs at Fade Route Podcast on IG. Joining us on the In Route this week is Strong Island Mike. What's up, Mike? How's it going? Hey guys, thanks for having me on. It's good to be back. We're excited to talk to you about some NCAA action. So, with the new ruling passed down by the Supreme Court last week, which will allow college athletes to collect on their name and likeness, should previously vacated titles and records be returned? Fab Five, Reggie Bush's Heisman, etc.? Oh yeah. I think that Reggie Bush should absolutely get his Heisman back. And I think that every violation that was related to athletes making that was related outside of gambling and poise shaving should have their violations expunged. And I think there should be like a NCAA relief fund for all these former athletes and they should get something too. The NCAA has billions and billions of dollars and stands to make even more. Yeah, but I mean, they did break these rules that were in place when they were in place, you just you still think it should be retroactive? Yep, forever. <laughs> I'd say that guy that's 117 years old and lives in Omaha, Nebraska, he should get like eight bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. All right. With colleges essentially now being able to compensate athletes, colleges will be tempted 
to add new incentives to attract student athletes. What trade-offs do you think they will have to make and where do you think those resources will come from? Okay, well, I think that we're about to witness a whole realignment of conferences and playoffs for the NCAA. And schools are gonna start to change the way they're recruiting and where they recruit. So metro areas and those from low-income areas are going to take a shot at college rather than going overseas or playing in a different league. And the resources are the kids. There is no doubt about it. So where do I think it will come from? The kids are going to come out and do a great job. So that's that's my two cents on that. Oh, so you think this is a positive impact? You think this is going to, you know, it's going to benefit everyone? There is a there is a unfortunately a couple dirty little things that are going to happen here. You've got to talk, think about team chemistry now. When the star player is making $2 million a year in endorsements and starts to play poorly, are his teammates going to get jealous? Money wasn't a factor in college, and now it is. So really, can the college locker room survive with real-life business money scenarios on the line now? Not only that, but you got to figure that some athletes are going to be making more than the AD, more than the coach, more than the, some of the faculty. That's going to be a lot for an 18 or 19 year old kid. Oh yeah. You also you also have to think that maybe that um, the transfer portal is going to have to change as well because if I'm going if I'm going to transfer from like University of Florida to like Sam Houston State or something like that, but I'm getting compensated fairly well, there has to be some kind of like adjustment or mark for inflation or something kind of needs to you know something needs to be changed or you know, written into the bylaws that you get to keep that money or something like that. Like, cause at the end of the day, like playing time will definitely come into the factor in addition to money too. Cause you'll have, especially at these big schools, right? You'll have two kids that are making bank, but one starting over the other, the other one's still going to want to pay or play, even though he's, you know, getting financially compensated. Right, he's going to bounce to go to another school to try to make back or make more than he did before. It's all it's going to be like uh, moving jobs for higher pay. This all seems like a perfect storm. As schools are recovering from the pandemic, smaller schools were already struggling financially, and now they'll likely need to compensate players to play in sports where the college receives a steady uh, revenue stream. Do you see this new ruling forcing smaller schools out of certain sports or maybe even leading to closure of some more colleges? No, I don't see it this way. Um, what I'm thinking is the smaller schools are gonna learn how to, gonna have to learn how to recruit better with what the talent that's out there and how to raise more money. And, it, and, that, and what I actually think may happen in this situation is they're gonna pad their bottom line and the smaller schools are gonna do better and be better off as a result of this po- policy. So I don't necessarily see it that way. Interesting. So, turning to professional leagues, how is this NIL ruling, how is it going to affect the professional leagues, specifically the minor leagues? Well, I do think that this is going to be interesting because we're going to see a lot of kids from rough areas being able to help their families out for the first time. I mean, you watch the NFL draft and you might want to, you want to cry when you hear all these stories about what the adversity they had it so it'll be nice that they can help their parents and families a little quicker but dude i don't know because 
that starting offensive lineman isn't going to get a shit out of this. It's a rough byproduct. I mean, it's all about the main players and pick a sport, but the QBs, the RBs, the receivers, the rare linebacker or defensive end that's a star. I mean, you, that poor guy that's next to him that's making everything work isn't going to see a shit. So I, how do I think it's going to impact it? Is the talent's going to shift around and the stars are going to shine brighter and the role players are going to be lost in this process. We all know the NCAA has been growing weaker and weaker over the last 10 years. Is this ruling the nail on the coffin? How can they recover, and should they even recover? Oh, they're fucked. I mean, royally (laughs) fucked. (laughs) Tell us what you really think, Mike. Honestly, how do you operate in a quasi-government state telling everyone what to do, how to do it, when to do it, and then you go create a billion-dollar empire and rig the system for a board and some executives? I'm glad the Supreme Court was so harsh on them. But, you know, the NCAA is going to make it through somehow and play the, oh, we didn't know, or we're going to, we were looking out for the best interests of our players. But how about the income you kept away from the kids, the taxable income the states can make? It's all about greed and ego here and spreading the, not spreading the wealth around. The rich are getting richer. Well, that's for sure. The That train never, is never late. And uh, we'll get you ahead here on this one uh, to continue on the illusion of amateur athleticism uh we touched on this earlier in the show but we wanted to get your feedback and your position on the shikari richardson suspension should she still be allowed to run in tokyo wow i think i'm gonna go long long answer with a quick response the answer is no but i'm gonna say it like this it's okay to smoke weed on your own legally in your own state but, oh my god, now I sound like my parents are Jay Billis. But, shit, this lady is representing America. Get your shit together. Come on, you can't test positive right now. You couldn't go another few weeks and blaze your face off in August with a few medals around your neck? This is like watching Josh Gordon or Larry Tunsil not even make it to the game. I see both sides here, but if you cost yourself in America some medals... And you're not going to be in a Wheaties box. Now who's going to do your hair and nails, girl? <laughs> uh, never one to shy away from an opinion. That's why we love having you on as part of the in, in crowd, Mike. Thanks for coming on, man. We really appreciate it. Coming in hot. It's time to go have an ice cream and cool down. Sounds good. And if you want to be part of the in crowd... Hit us up at FadeRouteMail at gmail.com. Slide in our DMs at FadeRoutePodcast on IG or on Twitter at FadeRouteDNZ. I'm getting hungry over here. Should have cooked up some dinner. And if you're looking for a new cooking show to binge, check out As You Eat It on YouTube, hosted by me, Chef Z. I invite you into my home and show you what and how I cook when I'm off the clock as a chef instructor. You're going to learn fun recipes and creative methods to empower and inspire you in the kitchen and take it to the next level. Cook how you want to cook. Eat how you want to eat. Eat as you eat it. That's As You Eat It, available only on YouTube. AZ, you eat it. Check it out and let's get cooking.
Order up. All right, boys and girls, you know the drill. It is now time for us to order up. Order up, order up. This week, we are ordering up from five to one. Our favorite MLB All-Star picks for this year. From five to one, who you got, D? All right, I, I, I'm going to start off with probably one of my favorites. I really like Michael Brantley making the All-Star team this year. He's batting 340 with 32 RBIs, and Bregman's been out, and he's really been carrying the team. Uh, number four, I'm going with Vlad Guerrero Jr., one of the home run leaders. Uh, I actually called that he was going to win the home run uh, crown this year. Number three, I have Tatis Jr., I mean, he's the new Ken Griffey Jr., right? Uh, number two, DeGrom, 7-2 record, 0.95 ERA. And number one, your favorite, my favorite, Otani, sub-4 ERA. Best player on the Angels, home run leader. All good choices. Absolutely. You definitely hit the nail on the head with a lot of the better known players. For me, I went more for feel good stories, you know, just like guys you wouldn't expect to be here or like who? Like that is, that is what impressed me. Looking back at some of these guys and saying, wow. I did not know that, and most oh, so of them. You mean like, so you mean like Chapman and Zanino, like that kind of wow? <laughs> no, that's more like wow. Like, are you kidding me? Wow, this is a pleasant surprise. Wow, and my number five is Cedric Mullins of the Baltimore Orioles. This guy, a couple of years ago, was demoted to Double A. He was that crappy. This year. He decided, I'm not going to hit switch anymore. I am going to solely focus on batting left-handed. And boy, has it worked. 317 batting average, 16 home runs, 34 ribbies, 102 hits already. That's impressive. 385 on base. Like, what's not to like there? Uh, another former Oriole Reclamation Project, number four for me, Kevin Gosman, 8-3 for the Giants. 1.74 ERA. Cast off from the Orioles. Cast off from the Braves. Kevin Gossman, congratulations. And you are pitching your ass off. You deserve it. Number three. Jared Walsh. I know you want to talk about Otani, the Angels. This other guy. This, this Walsh guy. He's actually pretty impressive in his own right. You're looking at 279. 20 homers, 61 ribbies, a 338 on base, 86 hits. Like, that is impressive. We don't necessarily think about the other guys surrounding Otani and Rendon and Trout, but they have a player here. They definitely have a player here. And he also plays first in addition to right field. So he's a versatile player too, and he might be the guy that got Albert Pujols, uh, you know, 
sent out. Although that might have been more of Albert Pujols is doing. But, uh, you know, is what it is. Number two. Brian Reynolds of the Pittsburgh Pirates. What? Uh, you wouldn't ex- still has a team? I know, right? Uh, you wouldn't think so, but... 305 batting average, 15 homers, 48 ribbies, 392 on base percentage. He is an offensive cog. He's a player. It's a shame that he's most likely going to get traded because this is a kind of guy, and he's been doing it for a few years now. He's definitely a kind of guy that you build around. But in the free fall that is the Pittsburgh Pirates, he'll most likely get dealt off. That being said, now that I've gotten my pleasant surprises out of the way, my number one all-star pick, of course, Jacob DeGrom of the Mets. How could it not be? 4.9 war, 7-2. His ERA went up to 108 today. He got shelled. He gave up two home runs, a whopping two runs in seven innings. So he is just on another worldly level right now. And... It's a treat to watch him pitch. It's a shame that he's probably not going to actually go to the All-Star game, though. It's one of those things that he, uh, in an interview, he cited that he started feeling his uh, right side issue after pitching in Denver. So he's kind of saying that he's not really saying it's a cause, but he's just he's just trying to get out of the All-Star game. So pulling a Tom Brady. He's pulling it. Yeah, my shoulder hurts, boss. I can't do it. I don't know if I can make it this year. But I would have loved, personally, if it was DeGrom versus Otani. Like, that would be the matchup that would actually make me want to watch the All-Star game. Like, I I think this is... I mean, the, the All-Star game has kind of passed, it passed its expiration date a little bit. But especially with interleague play, but a matchup like that, like you don't see that level of star power regularly, even in an all-star game. So that would have been impressive, but congratulations, kudos to DeGrom for being otherworldly, but he ain't going to Denver. Sorry, guys. Hate to spoil it. So that's our 5-1. to one. What's your 5-1? to one? Hit us up at FadeRoutMail at gmail.com or slide in our DMs on Twitter at FadeRouteDNZ or on IG at FadeRoutePodcast and let us know what your list is. This has been the Fade Route with DNZ. Thanks for tuning in tonight. You can catch our podcast Wednesday nights on Anchor, Spotify, or other premium places where you listen to your podcasts. Until next time, stay faded, everyone. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.